0: Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris.
1: You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. We'll get back to our conversation, but uh, we have a guest today who is uh, former Justice Dan Kelly, who is now a candidate for the Supreme Court. Am I correct in that, that you're a former... Or current justice?
2: That, that is correct. Former uh, ah. at the moment, uh, Doctor Ken. It's good to good to talk with you. Thanks for having me on your show.
1: I thought it'd be uh, important that we have both sides of the aisle on, so that uh, our our fans can get a really clear understanding of what exactly uh, it means to be conservative, to be liberal, to be um someone who was on the court someone that's an attorney has been a judge and brings certain points of view and perspectives to the bench and so you were you were on the Wisconsin Supreme Court from 2016 to 2020 uh you have That's right. you you have had some significant uh practice uh, I won't hold it against you that you grew up in California But but, I appreciate that. (laughs) You grew up in Colorado, came to uh, Waukesha, studied at Carroll College, and got your uh, bachelor's degree. And you went to Regent University School of Law in Virginia Beach, Virginia, in '91. And so, what what is it that drives you to come back to the Wisconsin Supreme Court?
2: Well, Doctor Ken, it's two things. I think Uh, one is. You know, I've been traveling around the state of Wisconsin the last couple of years doing presentations on the proper role and function of our court within a constitutional structure. And when I get done with those, uh, I can't even begin to tell you the number of people that came up to me and said, you know, we want to make sure that whoever the next Supreme Court justice is, uh, he's committed to the Constitution and to the rule of law. Uh, and that he understands his job is not to make the law, but just apply it to resolve the cases without regard to personal politics or values. And then they would say, you know, we saw that in you while you were serving as a justice of the Supreme Court, and we'd like you to run again. And so after hearing from so many of our fellow Wisconsinites that they wanted me to run again, uh, I reflected on the fact that I loved every minute of service on the Supreme court and it is service. So the way the relationship between the people of Wisconsin and those in office work out, the people are the bosses and those of us in the judiciary were the servants. And so I knew that I had the best bosses a guy could want to have. And it was just a pleasure uh, to do the work of the court for the folks of Wisconsin. And so uh, as I considered their requests, uh, I would love to go back and serve them in that capacity again. And so uh, so I agreed to run.
1: Why is there such stratification between you and your opponent? Why Why is it today that race and political persuasion seems to rear its ugly head in a in a in a place where it shouldn't be, like the Wisconsin Supreme Court, you call yourself a conservative, yeah. and she calls herself a liberal. Why is that even possible at that level?
2: Sure. So here's uh, so just a little bit of a clarification on that. So I refer to myself as a constitutional conservative, and that's different from being a political conservative. So, constitutional conservatism is about conserving the constitutionally prescribed role for the court, and that is uh, to resolve only legal questions, not political questions. So between uh, the legislative branch and the judicial branch, they have wholly different functions. So we, we resolve our political questions in the legislature, and there we talk about liberalism and conservatism as a political matter in the courts we talk about constitutionalism versus activism so uh so that's where we look at is the role of the court just to decide questions of law or as my opponent would have it uh should the judges and justices of our system be stealing the legislature's authority and trying to use that in the courts and so from my perspective uh you know i look at what the people of wisconsin have told us to do and they told us they have one job for us in the judiciary, just one. They say, please pay attention. Do this well. Just concentrate on this and don't do anything else. Um, use existing law to resolve the cases that come before the court. We're not interested in whether you think it's a wise law or an effective law. Uh, they tell us that they have an entirely different branch of government mm-hmm. to consider those questions. That's the legislature, right? So, uh, so that's what I do, and that's what I've done on the Supreme Court. Uh, I've just used the existing law to resolve the cases without regard to my personal politics or values. My opponent uh, completely disagrees. Uh, She believes that she should bring in her personal values. Uh, She's even gone so far as to say that she would place her thumb on the scales of justice to make sure the cases are resolved according to her personal values.
1: But isn't that that something you do when you... Uh, as a member of the Federalist Society, if you're interpreting the Constitution according to its original meaning, does that mean that you interpret it today as in its original meaning? Because in its original meaning and original writing, there were some things in it that were not ne- necessarily positive. They were highly detrimental to the black community.
2: Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, we know how to change our Constitution, and the job of the court is to apply it as it has been amended right so uh, in the united states in the united states constitution article 5 uh, describes how to change the constitution it's the amendment process Right. right so you know i look at that real carefully and i see that it gives the court no role at all in changing the constitution similarly in the wisconsin constitution article 12 controls the amendment process. And just like in the United States Constitution, there's no role to the court in changing it. So it's the original public meaning as amended. So each of the times it's been amended, it changes the original, it changes the meaning of the Constitution. So those amendments are then applied according to the original public meaning of those amendments when they've written. And that's the job of the court. And the people of Wisconsin retain to themselves uh, the authority to change the documents that they see fit. So, for example, the United States Constitution has been amended 27 times. Right. And some of those uh, amendments are the most critical amendments uh, that were absolutely necessary to make, 13th, 14th, 15th amendments. And uh, Wisconsin Constitution has been uh, amended numerous times as well. So we know Wisconsinites and the people of the United States know how to change those documents when it's necessary. But they've never asked the court to be part of that process.
1: Okay. So two things before I let you go. Prosecutors. We've got some prosecutors in Milwaukee County that continually let criminals go or don't charge them or let them out on virtually no bond who then go back and cause issues in the community. Number one, what can be done about prosecutors from your point of view?
2: So the, uh, the district attorney uh, is an elected position. And so uh, the best thing to do is consider whether there ought to be a different district attorney if the prosecutor's office is not doing as the uh, residents of Milwaukee County wish him to do. So he sets the policies, and as a member of the executive branch of government, he has broad discretion in how he exercises that authority. Now, Correct. keeping in mind that there's uh, there's a lot of teaching that goes on when the prosecutor makes those kinds of decisions. Now, just like there is a lot of teaching that goes on when a judge offers light sentences or no sentences. Right. So, um, you know, when that happens... What you're doing is you're teaching the criminal that there are no consequences to his actions. You're teaching the victims that there's no justice to be found in our courts. And you're teaching the community that the laws will not keep them safe. And so this is a, this is a significant uh, issue, both in terms of prosecutorial decisions as well as sentencing decisions. And you know, my opponent... Has, uh, has had some inexcusable sentences for some of the most vile crimes. Uh, I mean, just a few examples. Uh, you know, a young woman was raped, and, uh, which has got to be the most intimate personal violation you can imagine. And in one case, uh, my opponent uh, gave no prison time at all uh, because she said, well, you know, we've got COVID going on. And so it was a get-out-of-jail-free card for that terrible criminal defendant. And in another case, uh, same, uh, same type of situation. Uh, she imposed a year and a couple of months of prison time. And in doing so, said to the, uh, to the criminal that, uh, that he was a good man and he was not a danger to society, which, I mean, is absurd. I mean, I, I suppose you're not a danger unless, uh, to society unless you're a woman who occasionally sleeps. And that's when she was attacked is when she was asleep. And in yet another case, uh, uh, she, uh, she gave nothing but probation to a guy who sexually assaulted a 13-year-old and then posted it on Facebook. I mean, took a video of the assault, posted it on Facebook. And uh, my opponent says, well, I, I don't know if you're a danger to society because I don't have a crystal ball. was well, just ridiculous.
1: Well, there were so some they, questionable um, defenses on your part of some people that's been shown through commercials for her that you've defended some people. How do, how do you defend that? The fact that you've defended people yeah. who were criminals?
2: Who are accused of crimes mm-hmm. yeah so we kind of have to have that so that we can have prosecutions so our constitution says that every defendant is guaranteed the right to counsel and the way this works is if they're not provided counsel they can't be prosecuted so here's the thing so my opponent is out there slandering every criminal defense attorney by suggesting that the defense attorneys agree or approve of the things their clients are accused of doing. And that's just outrageous. It is a slander against me, but not just against me. It is a slander to all those good attorneys uh, who represent criminal defendants who do a constitutionally required job so that we can have prosecutions. Let me tell you, if there were no criminal defense attorneys out there doing their jobs, we would have no prosecutions.
1: We're talking to Daniel Kelly. He is a candidate for the Wisconsin Supreme Court. So finally, I'll I'll just go right to the question. Why should the African-American community in Wisconsin consider you as a justice for the Wisconsin State Supreme Court?
2: Well, I think for the same reason everyone else should. Uh, This is about justice. It's about the rule of law. It is about knowing what the law is before you decide your actions, right? So all of us are responsible for making sure our actions comply with the law. Now, you can only do that if you know in advance what the law is. My opponent uh, has uh, said, and she's made no bones about it, that if she's elected, she'd place herself above the law, rule according to her personal values. And what that would do is mean that none of us would know what the law requires when we decide on our actions. And so we all benefit from the rule of law because we can conform our actions with the law requires. And that provides us the opportunity to live together in peace with the chance of prosperity. Without that, we have chaos. And so this is something I I think that everyone across the the state will benefit from.
1: It seems like candidates hide behind the rule of law when there comes a time to actually have to speak about these are the things that I see that are injustices in the black community. And so why, why is it that there seems to be a move to individualism when there are issues that affect a entire community?
2: Well, I think this is a distinction between uh, uh, judicial candidates and political candidates. So political candidates are there Uh, to address uh, the inequities in the law and figure out what, what, what changes need to be made to the law to address those problems. Because that's their authority. The people of Wisconsin elect their legislators with the idea that they'll all get together and they will use their collective wisdom, background, experience, and knowledge to figure out what laws are necessary to promote human flourishing from this day into the future. Judicial candidates, of course, we deal with only the things that have already occurred. And so uh, our job is to simply use the law that existed when those events occurred uh, to resolve the case that comes before us. And the people of Wisconsin have not given us any authority to adjust those laws, to repeal them, to create them, or to amend them. So it really is a difference between which, uh, which office you're running for. If you're running for the uh, political branches, uh, then the responsibility is to look at those inequities and, and address them from a political perspective. But running for the court, like I said, people of Wisconsin have told us we got one job for you. Use the laws that already exist to resolve our cases.
1: Dan Kelly, he's a candidate for Wisconsin Supreme Court. When is the election day?
2: April 4th, we're coming up on it quickly. Uh, I think absentee ballots are going to be available in about a week. And then early voting starts in about two weeks.
1: All right. Thank you much. Best wishes on your candidacy, Mr. Kelly.
2: Dr. Ken, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's been a pleasure.
1: All right. Thank you. 833-212-1017 is the number. We just spoke to Wisconsin Supreme Court. Candidate Justice Daniel Kelly. So he made his comments. And if you have any thoughts, hit me on the talking text line. In the meantime, we'll get back to some discussion about skin tone and whether or not you uh, agree with it being an issue in the black community. Or is it something we should bypass and skip past because. I always thought that it wasn't an issue, and I always thought that, well, you know, maybe we don't do that. Maybe it's just those people, right? Yeah. And then you wake up and look in the mirror and realize it's just us.
0: More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
1: You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, Eight three three two one two one zero one seven is the number. You know, I'm shocked nobody caught my intentional, purposeful um, comment when I said those that are darker fare better. What I was going to add to it is that when all things are equal. But then what's the great equalizer? What would be the equalizer for this? Light skin, medium skin, dark skin debacle. 833 is the number. What, what would change that? Because tomorrow I got a question. I don't know if I should ask it today because it might cause too much trouble. But tomorrow I have another question, not related to race, but related to um, physicality. I'm just saying. 833-212-1017 is the number. Talking text line, Spike Lee said, great interview, Ken. Coller said, when running as a judicial candidate, you bring your allegiances and political views with you. Right, you bring your political views, but do you exercise them while you're reading what the law says? Some yes, some no. He says he wouldn't, but I'm pretty sure some of it seeps in just like it does. And so I'll I'll have my say Friday after we've interviewed both candidates, and I'll tell you what, I, what my thoughts are about both of them on Friday. So if you're not here, somebody remind me Friday when I come in and say, hey, you were supposed to talk about both candidates on Friday. I'll be like, okay. Julie asked me when was I going to interview Janet P., Um, and so I told him I'll be doing that Thursday in the five o'clock hour. So we'll see. I do have some pointed questions for her. Um, some things that I personally go, huh? About, um, just like with him, I was like, well, you're a member of the Federalist Society in your, um, in your, uh, information you have on your site. And the Federalist Society is provides a forum for legal experts of opposing views to interact with members of the legal community and blah, blah. And so and so it's it's a pretty conservative group. Um, And so while it you know, it's like every other group, right? When you read their purpose, it sounds general. But but in fact, it's a conservative group. And. What does that mean? When I hear a judge say they're going to follow the rule of law and not legislate from the bench, then I say the best person wins. I have some issues when a judge says that they're going to do certain things because they believe this. I got a problem with that. Because that means that. you. De- I believe you deserve a fair shake based on what the law says. I'm not talking about conservative versus liberal. I'm just talking about the law. If it says this, then that's what it is. That's why we had laws changed so they can add amendments and other things to it so that things can be considered equal. But at some point, I think we missed the fact that it's not our job to legislate from the bench. And so while you may agree with a certain group, I don't know if it's appropriate for you to say that publicly. I don't know. I don't know if it's okay to do that because now you make me question, are you leaning towards gender only, right? Will a, will a man with a woman or a woman with a man have a, have a chance of passing something if that other person doesn't agree with it? If Dan Kelly believes in it's an all-white male and this is it, you know, or, or if Janet porter believes it's all-female, like, do I really trust going before it, either of them to follow the rule of law? Or do you believe that their job is to only look at the things that are brought before them? and not to twist things and twist it into a pretzel so politically it it follows what they believe. Because as a conservative, you can simply just not follow stuff and the same thing occurs. So it's not that we're voting on someone being active or not. Sometimes they can be not active and the same thing happens. But I think if the legislature makes good law, it'll never reach the Supreme Court. And we don't have to worry about it. But somewhere. This separateness needs to stop. I remember a time in America. We used to trust our state and our U.S. Supreme Court. And now I think it's turned into a problem. Because we have activist judges on both sides of the aisle. In both courts. Deciding what they think should be right. Versus dealing with. The law. And when I think about what scares me in the world, I got to say, lawyers actually scare me more than cops.
0: More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
1: You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833 1017 is the number. Dr. Ken, Wayne says, I recently heard an interview with the mayor of New York City and as you probably know, a former police officer. In the interview, he said he does believe in the separation of church and state. However, he has to use his faith in guiding his decisions. Do you think he's correct? Yes. I think he's correct. In that Faith is his moral compass, and so his moral compass leads him in the decisions, the level of compassion. Um, What it also leads him in using his faith is um, having a clear delineation between right and wrong, too. So, So separation of church and state only means that the state can't tell you what church to practice. Flip side to that is the church can't tell the state how it should be deciding things. And so while many people of faith get upset about that, you can't have one without the other, right? The fact that you live in America gives you the right to have freedom of of speech, free will, as long as you're not... Affecting or offending, not not offending, affecting or causing harm to another person. And I don't mean the harm that you hurt my feelings harm like we have today. But I mean just in terms of as long as what you're doing does not um, financially or physically affect me. Because I can always move myself out of the area of what's bothering me emotionally emotionally. I'm, I'm just, it's, it's, it's tantamount to being pro-life or pro-choice. I think it's two poorly written, poorly concocted arguments. Many people that are against abortion are actually pro-choice, right? Did did I say the same thing twice? Anyway, um, pro-life versus pro-choice, right? If you're pro-life, you're pro-choice. You choose life. The other person chooses abortion. End of story. People can argue, and that's what the marketing people do, right? They come in and, hey, you know, I'm going to say it this way, and we're going to do it like this, and we're going to position it. It's like global warming and 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 what's, what's the other one? Climate change. What the heck is climate change? It's idiotic. If you're going to do global warming, do global warming. Don't call it climate change and generalize and add everything underneath it. This idiocy of trying to tell people that when you invest funds, you got to invest it using using economic um, climate, you know, information. No, no. I want my money invested where I want it. And if I decide to drive a gas powered car into oblivion, then that's my choice. And eventually we'll get into that argument, too. I see both sides. I see where we have to help communities help the country. But we're talking wholesale flip when we don't have the capacity to flip. We don't have the capacity to have all electric cars. It's just idiotic. We don't have the capacity to create batteries where the minerals are found in China to make the batteries to, to run the electric cars. So we try to extricate our economy from China and we keep turning everything over to them. You sound like a conservative. No, I sound like I kind of like like my country. Why? Because I grew up during an era where we actually learned civics and supported our country. And that's that. But for some reason, we seem to have an issue with that today. Not recognizing that we live in a country where you do have a right to believe what you want to believe. And that if you're not Christian and you worship Satan, it's your right. I completely disagree. But if that's what, if that's your you know, that's that's your thing. Knock yourself out. Me and my house, we own something else. But at least we can have the conversation about it. I don't want to be so staunchly one way that I don't hear somebody on another way. I think I'm strong enough that I'm not going to let someone else taint what I think because I think I'm strong enough in my faith where I'm not going to let it bother me. And so somebody just put in a talking text line, more people are just anti-abortion versus pro-life. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. But then when I argue a point, well, you don't have a right to say it because you're not a woman. But like I told somebody, yeah, you can make the baby. You got to pay for the baby. Even if it's not your baby and we find out the DNA says it's not yours, courts can still come back and make you pay for a baby that's not yours. But ah, that's okay. Because in certain instances, men are diminished to nothing. And evidently, that seems to be okay, because I don't hear many women arguing for men to have reproductive rights. Good for the goose, good for the gander. Evidently not. Only one side gets to win. So after all the friend of the court briefs and making men pay for Babies that were made by two people, but because she carries it, she has more weight. Either change laws or, I don't know, or maybe, hmm, to will make the baby. Oops. Imagine that. But I, I don't think there are more people that are anti-abortion. I, I've i seen, and I can only speak for my community, I'm only speaking Um, Somebody said defunding Planned Parenthood is not pro-life. Well, that's a political argument. That's a moral argument. That's all kind of stuff. I'm not going to get into an argument that you support Planned Parenthood. I don't necessarily support Planned Parenthood and some of the things they do. There are other things they do that are fine. There are some things they do that I don't agree. It's like everything. You don't have to wholesale Be 100 percent to support something like you can actually support, you know, like 60 percent, 70 percent and be okay. That's your choice. That's why we live in America. I don't agree with all the things Planned Parenthood has done historically. They've been terrible for the black community. And because black people won't look at the history of something and say, if that's your history, we look at the history of southern states and look at the history of slavery and look at the history of the Confederate flag and throw it out. But when it comes to Planned Parenthood, we forget that Margaret Sanger didn't like black people, Jewish people and Catholics. Like, actually went to black churches to make sure they put black women on birth control so that they could have children when they need to. And that's why we only 14% of the dog on population. Think about it. We've been around here for over a hundred years and we're only 14% of the population. Really? Now that's my anecdotal argument. I know there's data and statistics and all that stuff. And then it becomes emotional and all that, but that's just me. We have to understand history and then understand exactly what's happening today there are very clear cut reasons why black people live in neighborhoods, Hispanic people live in neighborhoods by themselves because of redlining. And you can argue the point that black people want to live with each other. Some do that. Hispanic people want to live with each other. Some do, but it's still hard to buy a house that's not in that community because white people won't sell them. White people won't let them move in. And that's a fact it's happened to me on a number of occasions. So at some point, You know, we can perpetuate the lie and pretend like, you know, well, that's not true. But when we step back and look at it, look at what political party has done the most for black community. Republicans and Democrats have done substantial good things for the black community. They've done substantially bad things for the black community. And if you're arguing now pro-conservative or pro-liberal, that's part of the problem. Because everybody has a little bit of one, a little bit of other. I find it amazing that all these people argue all these things that are political and race and gender and LGBTQ, all this other stuff, until it's their family. Then all of a sudden, nope, it's got to be like this. Well, wait a minute. I thought you believed in open society and everybody has a right and we're equal. Nope. We're not the same people that believe in helping people is great until their family member becomes a member of a a victim of a crime. Then it's got to change. We got to prosecute everybody. Well, wait a minute. You believe everybody gets a second chance. Yeah. Unless you kill somebody in my family, then all of a sudden you got to get locked up for life. And so when you think about it, the issue in America before we go to break is not politics. It's not religion. You know what it is? Hypocrisy.
0: More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth App, and 1017TheTruth.com. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth App, and 1017TheTruth.com. Mm-hmm.
1: You're listening The Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. The caller said, electric cars and flying cars may become a reality when gasoline engines are new. I'm sure there were many who found reasons to use horse-drawn carriages instead of cars. I don't know. I would think so. Flying cars, if you think reckless driving is a thing, <laughs> would you put them in a flying car? I don't think so. Talking text line, Al said, even God gave mankind the ability to choose good or evil, choose to be righteous or sin. That's true. But as for me in my house, we going to serve the Lord. But anyway, 833-212-1017 is the number. All day we've been talking about race and colorism and how It impacts our lives in the Black community. That inside thing. Tomorrow, I, I'm gonna be talking about. You you might want to be here for my open tomorrow because I'm gonna be talking about two things and what's 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 better. I'm I'm gonna be looking at an either or tomorrow, and you get to call up and tell me which. And then I'm going to be talking about some people and y'all going to probably get upset and get mad and call me and holler at me and use all kind of strange things. Barbie Dunn said there was a black police officer that died. He invented the engine that could run off water. I mean, it's possible in our future. Who knows? Yeah, I, I remember hearing that and then I heard it got squelched. You know, got pushed aside because it would basically make the use of gasoline pretty much and I guess oil for that matter obsolete, then what? So I don't know. Eight three three two one two one zero one seven is the number. If you think about how long it took that Tylenol was invented in the mid 60s and it didn't come out till the late 70s or so maybe 80s because of what it did to the to to aspirin it wiped out aspirin the problem is as I am I'm allergic to aspirin I can't take anti-inflammatories so if I bump something the only thing I can do is take away pain but if it swells up <sighs> I'm just out there just yes. you know no pain, though. My foot's the size of my head, but I'm okay, right? And so you you just have to realize that at some point, you know, change happens. Change occurs. Eventually we'll have all, but our infrastructure eventually will have electric cars, but our infrastructure can't take it now. The electrical grid is non-existent as it relates to everybody having an electric car. And we don't have the The distance, the holding power of an electric car, which is kind of weird to me because my cell phone can run for two, three, four days, but I can't get a car to, you know. And wouldn't you think if you had a car the same way that you start your car with gasoline and the engine runs and they have this thing on your car called an alternator that makes sure that everything, the electricity gets stepped up in. Like, couldn't I use another battery to power that, and then it just keeps going and re and recreating electricity? And the, okay, it's just I'm you know I'm just thinking off the top of my head, not being a engineer, right? Nowhere near. I mean, I like math, I ain't doing that kind of math That's just too much. I'm not good, but I think it would be possible. And then we'll run out of water because then people, oh, we got water because you can put it in your car. Can you imagine having a fight with your wife or your husband over the water you put in your car? You used up all the water and I can't take a shower now because you put it in the car. I don't know. That would be quite the argument, right? We're getting a divorce because she took the water. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. When we come back tomorrow, I have a question that you need to be here at 4 o'clock to hear. 833-212-1017 833-212-1017 is the number. I'm going to give it to you ahead of time. So when you hear it, we'll just blow up. Or not. Want to say thank you, Alex. Appreciate you. Alex is uh, producing my show for a good portion of this week. So um, welcome to the family. Great teammate. All that kind of stuff. So Tory Lowe shows up next. We got all sorts of things going on. We got basketball tonight, I think. We got all sorts of stuff. So just make sure you hang around, check us out on the truth app, just download it and listen 24 hours a day. You're listening to truth in the afternoon. I'll see you in 22. I'm out.